Since 1928, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has handed out awards when it considers the best films of the year. And in all that time, audiences have tended to have their own opinions. Will 2022 be any different? This is a special mini-episode of Academy vs. Audience. I'm Dan Gibbons, with me as always is Aaron Weir. Hello, Aaron. Hi, Dan. How are you this week? Doing good. You know, thought I'd enjoy our hiatus. Instead, we watched some early movies of the 50s. So, wow. <laughs> We're going to have some things to say about that in a little while. And Claire <laughs> Bolton. Hello, Claire. Hi. So before we end our mid-decade break and jump into the early 50s, the decade Hollywood found Jesus, thought we'd take a minute and look back at the year that time of recording is about to end. 2022. What we think were the best movies of the year, what might have a chance at the Oscars, and what we're betting on to be our box office champion. I have seen zero new movies this year. So all of this is like buzz to me where I'm like, ooh, what does Cineplex say? Ooh, what? So it's like, I'm like, yes, yes, this is how I'm getting all of my information because I haven't seen anything. Because you've been watching old movies. Yes, I don't have time for new movies, only old movies. I feel like I just like forgot what time was. And so there was like a brief period of time where I was like, the only movie I've seen is The Crimes of Dumbledore. That's not great. No. (laughs) But no, no, I've seen two other movies in theaters. I have seen Death on the Nile twice. And I've seen my personal choice for Oscar Darling, which it won't be because I... I'm never good at these. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. So good. Oh, Oh, absolutely. I've heard heard it's so good. I mean, that's my opening statement is that any conversation about the best films of 2022 that is not including, if not centering on everything, everywhere, all at once is without merit because it's so good on so many levels. And like, I knew I saw it, but I forgot I saw it in theaters and I... That's, I, I mean, I guess that's how good it is, that it's just, like, immersive and yeah. challenging and exciting. I'm going to have to see it. I mean, hopefully before we record the 2022 podcast, but but maybe then. Claire, it's streaming now. You could watch it after we're done tonight. Friggin' amazing. At least I think it's streaming. It's streaming. I believe it is, yes. Um, it's on one of them. I think it is. I think I saw a like banner pop up for it. I on want something. to say Prime, but it's out there. It'll be around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like a multiverse, but it's not a multiverse just for hijinks. Ooh, that's exciting. I love that there is a thesis statement at the heart of it that you might not be living your best life. But that doesn't make it a life without merit, and that doesn't mean it can't be a good one. And that's important. Yeah. It is. It's not some, you are the best version of yourself, ergo you are the chosen one spiel. It is, Michelle Yeoh is special to this movie for reasons dramatically opposed to, you are the best version of yourself. And I love it for that. I love it as a comeback for Kihoi Kwan. He is... (sighs) No. He is amazing in it. And that photo of him and Harrison Ford together at the DisneyCon for the first time in decades, that was adorable. There's still time. 
Disney, put him in Indy 5. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't have Shia LaBeouf. He's not welcome back. No, Shia LaBeouf is on a crazy train that he put himself on fully. Just give me one scene of him running up to Indy going, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, I finished my thesis. Well done, Dr. Shorty. (laughs) It's so sad, too, that we've missed so many years of him acting for complicated Hollywood reasons. Yes. yes. And complicated child star reasons. Yeah. So I am all in on him for supporting actor all the way. Every every show. Every award show. I'm here for who, all of this. I all mean, of this sounds right. Who else is going to get one? Okay. I yeah, who else is gonna get one? Like what? We're gonna give one to Arnie Hammer? No, you can't you can't give one to <laughs> You can't give an Oscar to alleged sex cannibal Army Hammer right now. You just can't. <laughs> no, no, that's bad. We can't do that. Uh, I mean, I could see Paul Dano getting a nomination. Uh, this okay. this is another thing about this year that interests me is uh, th- there are favorites to get a nomination, not necessarily 10 favorites to get a nomination, but there's no real favorite to win. And obviously I don't have, uh, I have not gone around to sample sizes of every voting body to, to pull them on this, but I can't help but feel that this is because a year ago we thought that the best picture race was going to be like a, a dogfight photo finish between Belfast and Power of the Dog. And then the nominees came out and everybody was like, oh, wait, did, did nobody watch the movie about the, the singing girl with the deaf parents? That that one's actually okay. Yeah. And then it won. Yeah, Mm -hmm. then suddenly, as the award season progressed, the conversation started shifting. And I can't help but wonder if there was some buyer's remorse in the nominators about maybe they could have slipped it into a couple more categories. Maybe. I mean, all award shows are complicated. (laughs) And this, this one is probably one of the most complicated there is Mm -hmm. for many many reasons yep which means we have to discuss the elephant in the room and it is an elephant it's top gun maverick i was just thinking that i was like is it freaking top gun maverick top gun maverick i mean are we gonna have a joint are we gonna have a joint champion for 2023 we've not had a joint champion in 19 years Right? So it's well, wild to me, not only that we might again, but that there's a distinct possibility that the two top grossing films of 2022 are both being touted as potential Oscar contenders. Because as yeah. we're going to discuss when we hit the 90s, a uh, hard, fast rule of Hollywood is never bet against James Cameron. I mean, I was just going to say, is Avatar, it's it's in the eligible category yeah. for it. Yeah. It got a Globe nomination for picture and director. Uh, Top Gun only picked up picture, but some people say that the Hollywood Foreign Press is a little mad at, Top, at Tom Cruise for what? giving back all of his Golden Globes in the midst of the, hey, so it turns out the Globes are super racist controversy from last year. I mean... Um, <sighs> this is so many things. This there's is so not a sentence things. I get... It's not a sentence I get to utter very often, but Tom Cruise wasn't really wrong. And that's that's the weird thing about it is 
He's a crazy that man makes who you means go, well. What? Right? I mean, yes, he is a Scientologist and uh, is somewhat responsible for it, like really, really taking root in Hollywood. But he's better than a lot of our religious fringe in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. One would argue mm-hmm. he's maybe better than a certain Chris who's really religious, who has really fallen in grace over the past couple of years. <laughs> oh, I mean, he was always the lesser handsome Chris, but yes, yeah, he took a he took a hard dive there, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. leaving his wife and his disabled child, and then celebrating how his new wife could give him a healthy child is not a good look. Yes. No, don't be subtweeting your other kid, man. Just not. There's no words. It's just terrible. So for box office, it's gotta at this point be a battle between it. It's Top Gun it's Mavericks Top Gun or, game to or lose, Avatar. Yeah, but yeah. Avatar is coming up fast on its heels and will be virtually unopposed mm-hmm. for like six weeks minimum. Well, that's the thing. Oh I was looking to go to a movie next week because I forgot that uh, it's coming out tomorrow, essentially, on the day that we're recording this. And yeah, that's my choice. I can see that or I can see the menu, which I do want to see. The menu I've, is yeah. good. I, I've seen that. I quite enjoyed it. I, I'm not mad about Ray Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy picking up nominations for that one mm-hmm. at the, at the okay. Globes. But what I had wanted to see was the Banshees of Inisherin because I love Martin McDonough. I mean, I also really want to see that. That's also yeah. one of the like the three non-blockbusters that are touted as the highest chance of picking up a Best Picture nomination is Banshees of Inertion, which I really want to see because I love I love the Imbruge guy, and it's an Imbr- it's a full on Imbruge reunion. Mm-hmm. It yeah, it this cast is fantastic. Uh, Tar with Kate Blanchett, which seems to be the mm-hmm. only like buzzworthy film that falls in the category of this movie just isn't made for me. A guy who hates movies, which you normally, (laughs) (laughs) you normally get a lot of those. Yes. It's the one that seems to be mostly the Oscar Beatty with no audience appeal. Uh, Maybe it has audience appeal. I don't know about yet. And of course, Steven Spielberg's semi autobiographical, the Fablemans. That one I have seen. Okay, how, what do you think? How was it? Yeah. Because I was curious. It was co-written by the author of Angels in America and directed by Steven Spielberg. I mean, there's a there's oh, a floor Co- to how bad it <sighs> can be. So I mean, it, yeah. So it is quite good. My like only note coming out of it was that I felt naming a movie about a kid who learns the power of cinema, The Fablemans, felt almost comically on the nose. Like, <laughs> <laughs> calling it, like, just, we just need a synonym for story and a Jewish suffix. So like the Tailners or the Storybergs. And then the next morning it hit me. It's another <laughs> synonym for tail. Yeah. Spiel. Oh, Spiel. Oh, it's Burn. his name. It's his name. Oh my gosh. You know, it's like naming shadow hunters. It's just two things. Yeah. Wow. This Dan mind blown now. Mind blown. So it's good. Um, in any other director's hands, I might think that it is a little too self wankery. Naval gazy. Naval gate to go all the way, but it is by one of the greatest living masters of the medium. 
So it does have a good writer attached. Yeah. So it's hard to rule out, and it is one I expect to be seen to expect to see in a lot of the acting categories, especially Perpetual also ran Michelle Williams, who feels due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she has one I've just forgotten about, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I'd have to look it up, but I don't think so. I also uh, Paul, do not think so. <laughs> Paul Dano might get a nomination for that. Will not get a nomination for the Batman, which, okay, he went a little too big a couple <laughs> times as the Riddler. I'm going to be fair on that one. And yes, I love the Batman a lot, obviously, being me, but I don't expect to see that anywhere at the ceremony. Um, I mean... It's excellent, yeah. but not it's, it's not necessarily excellent in a way that the Os- that can force the Oscars to care about cape shit. They've only managed right. to do that once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Look, the fact that they're taking it so much fantasy as is, we got to count as a win. Oh, yeah, yeah that's huge. Yeah. I, I checked it out. I, I looked it up, and that's why I was late for recording. And so I was trying to figure out how often, or at least when was the last time, that the two highest grossing films of the year got uh, Best Picture nominations. And uh, how often Ooh. it was happened was taking too many time, it was taking too long. So I decided to start it 2020 and work backwards, not only to realize that uh, I was going to just meet it the same year. And <laughs> it has been precisely 40 years. Wow. Ni- 1982, the year that I consider the year the Academy stopped saying if it's the highest grossing film of the year, they must have done something right, regardless of genre. Okay. okay. 1983 is like the year art and commerce broke up. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, the 80s, But we'll you know, get to that. Yeah. They were a wild time. When many of us were born. It's true. You, you still see a few highest grossers. Uh, make the short list over the next four decades. There are even three joint champions. Although it's wild to me that we just did the 40s and there were three joint champions between 1942 and 1946. Right? Oh, yeah. There were so many. Meanwhile, there hasn't been one in 19 years. Well, yeah. But this time... Could be. Could be. And like, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. He's not a bad actor, and sometimes he makes okay choices. And if Top Gun wins Best Picture, I am okay with Tom Cruise having an Oscar. I could deal with and it. I, yeah, there are yeah. more egregious people who have them. It's true. And I mean, Top Gun, like the original Top Gun, is great. I freaking love Top Gun. I have yet to see Maverick, and I'm everything I've heard is like, if you like Top Gun, you will like this. And I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. I have yet to see it, but... We have, uh, like, at least one episode devoted to this topic in our future, but... Oh, yes. 50% devoted. But <laughs> I think it's the better Top Gun. Oh, See, and that's what I've heard. I've heard people be like, this one, like, it outshines the first one. The, what they could do with the CGI and mix... Like, people were just... At, which is why it spent so long at the box office as number one. And yeah. like, yeah, I'm, it was on my list to see, but. Maverick was not unopposed. Maverick ran against uh, Thor, the Dark, Thor, Love and Thunder. 
Yeah. Which, which was, was the first big one of part four. It MCU sure four, was. that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah? Yep. It wasn't anybody's favorite comic book movie of the year, but it wasn't exactly a box office failure. Well, and comic book movies, because of their release dates, tend to do really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we think Wakanda They're- Forever has any hope of getting I up there? I think it might. I think it's going it to come might. in a respectable third. Yeah, I think that that's makes fair. Sense. Yeah. Behind uh, Avatar. Behind Avatar and Top Gun, not necessarily in that order. But yeah, going to kick out Jurassic World, which I am okay with. That would be great. Uh, Jurassic World is currently number two internationally and does not deserve it from everything I have heard. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it either. Ha- yeah. Um, YouTuber Jenny Nicholson tweeted before she saw it in theaters on purpose. I'm stunned by the terrible reviews this one is getting. You sat through the last two. What does this franchise have left to hurt you with? (laughs) I mean, Jurassic Park was the best. And then, and then it was all just downhill. I don't think I saw Jurassic Park until I was like 27. So I have like no nostalgia for it whatsoever. I got it in my Christmas stocking when I was like maybe 10, 11. So I've got a real soft spot for that movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the book, but I love Michael Crichton's writing. So I'm like, I bet the book is fantastic. The book was very good. I really like the. I made a point of reading the book before I saw the movie. I've only ever done that twice. Mm. Uh, I knew the person I was with in 2001 would not allow me to watch Fellowship of the Rings if I hadn't read the Lord of the Rings books first. (laughs) Okay. I was like, what was the other one? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, which one is it? I did read Ready Player One before I watched the movie, but not on purpose. I just, Uh, I had a copy and I was in Peru. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you just had to read it then. There's no other way. And, you know, then the movie happened. I was like, ah, why the hell not? Spielberg, how bad can it actually be? We know how bad a Spielberg movie can get, and it's called Hook. No, so good. I will say. See, see, look, Defenders. Defenders are springing (laughs) up. I'm I'm with you, Dan. Hook, not my favorite. I saw it, once again, I saw it when I was young, hated it, and have never been able to get back into it. I just can no longer stand, and I think Hook played a big part. Comedy beats involving flinging pastel colored goop at the protagonist. <laughs> it was That's that. Right. It was one episode of Lois and Clark, and it was Inspector Gadget, and then I just couldn't anymore. Just, Inspector Gadget with Matthew Broderick? That's the one. Oh, yes. Good old <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Oh, please, God, See, never try that movies? one again so I don't have to talk about it on Recovered where we talk all things remade and rebooted. <laughs> I think it's out of the zeitgeist. I think you're safe. Yeah. At yeah. least for like two decades. I mean, you always think that. <laughs> I'll tell you what I, what I really want. Uh, Avatar and Top Gun Maverick to be Best Picture nominations because... Um, to quote one of my sources in researching Gone with the Wind, many episodes past, I'm a messy bitch who loves drama, and Top Gun Maverick was all about, this is what we can do with practical effects. We're going to do as much of this practical as we can. Real planes, real speed, 
real dogfight yeah. sequences. And Avatar is very much not that. It's, it is almost the complete opposite of that. It's as far away from that as you can get without becoming Pixar. Can you imagine if it bombs? Like, if people just are not into it anymore? I mean, here's the thing with Avatar is I think it's it's one of those movies, just like the first one, where they're and with Top Gun Maverick, where they're going to try and really, really push to have people see it in the theaters. And then they're going to do all of the, like, cool things with it to promote people watching it in theaters as opposed to at home because i feel like if you watch it at home or on a stream like on a streaming service or whatever you're not going to enjoy it as much because that's what happened with me and the first avatar movie is i watched it um on vacation and i was like i don't see what everybody's so excited about like it's fine but eh. I think Claire's 100% so, onto something with this, which is another point I want to make, if I may uh, go on what Steven Spielberg would call a fable. Yes, do it. <laughs> the way we engage with movies has changed since COVID. It just has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we spent months to over a year watching movies at home on streaming, and we kind of got used to it. So... Billion dollar hits are a lot less rare than they used to be, or a lot more rare than they were, because Mm -hmm. we only show up at a theater for something that requires a cinematic experience. And Maverick and Way of Water both present that because you're right. Avatar is only Avatar on a big screen. It used to be the go-to movie people would play in electronic stores to show off their fancy high-definition televisions, and it always, always looked like a PlayStation cutscene. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, the way that we've engaged with movies has changed, but the way that we watch movies and the way that we look for movies has changed. So what I'm thinking about is The Hobbit. Mm. Is Avatar 2 The Hobbit? Like, is it going to be able to recapture the magic of Avatar? Especially since I think it is the first movie since The Hobbit to fuck with that increased frame rate. Oh, that was so unsettling. You know what? The Hobbit is fine. I love watching it on my normal TV, but it was unsettling in theaters. It was. Yes. Don't come for me, audience. I don't care. I like The Hobbit. I like bad things. You think you can (laughs) shame us? I will straight up fight a guy over Yancey Cravat. (laughs) This is truth. And we haven't gotten to the 80s and 90s yet where I'm like, all right, everybody, these garbage movies that did really well at the box office, bring them on. (laughs) Oh, yes. The it's trash, but it's my trash decades are yet to come. Yep. Um, I also just remembered another movie I saw in theaters that I think everyone thought was really going to be a thing and is not going to be a thing. And we're not going to talk about it. West Side Story. Oh, we yes. Oh, yeah. West, I forgot about it. That was this West year, right? Side, yeah. That was actually last year. It was a year ago now. And it's oh, one of those okay. that fell victim to the whole we engage with movies differently because you go out to a big screen in the middle of a pandemic because you know all three Spider-Men are going to be in this movie and you want to see it before Twitter spoils it. I saw that too. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> perhaps the best movie of 2021 which is singing and dancing and the master at the peak of his powers Eh, you'll catch that on disney plus in six weeks 
Man, it was so good, though, guys. And they really tried to make the story make sense. And I appreciated that. And they didn't subtitle, right? Like, that was an active choice? It was an active choice by Steven Spielberg not to Mm -hmm. subtitle it. Yeah. Because you didn't need to. It was fine. You got it. Well, I was going to say, which I I love. I think that's a fabulous choice. Yeah, if you don't speak Spanish, you could follow it through paying attention to context clues. Right? We believe in you, viewer. Anyway, I don't want to get too deep into that, just in case, I don't know, it comes up on some podcast that touches on all things remade and rebooted. (laughs) You need a guest star. I mean. I mean, might need a couple. There we are. (laughs) Not to to tease too much in our filler episode that everybody skipped because they want to hear about All About Eve. I think those are my main thing. I just want to shout out a few movies I did see in theaters that I really liked that are not going to be represented in the Oscars and are probably not even going to be in the top five, maybe not the top ten. But I think are in some are in possibly my top ten. Uh, I did mention the Batman. I love it. Just hang on. Once I've finished making Keith, just waterboard. Once I've done waterboarding Keith with Batman <laughs> movies. You'll get to hear all of my thoughts on that. Um, Barbarian. Oh, yeah. From Whitest Kids You Know alumnus Zach Kreger. It, uh, after Jordan Peele, it shouldn't surprise me that someone makes such a great jump from sketch comedy to horror. And apparently uh, Jordan Peele did you know, mentor him a little on okay. on this one. And I think it. I think it worked out brilliantly. That is on Disney Plus of all goddamn places. Justin Long. Yeah. Justin Long. Underrated scream queen Justin Long. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love Justin Long. He's everything. He's great in this, he's he great in this movie. He's not going to get a lead actor nomination. That's fine. Just enjoy the heck out of him in this movie. Uh, I really like Smile. which I want to see it. YouTuber Jenny D tweeted, as I watch this movie, now 100% cortisol, which is the hormone released in a, in a fear response, I turned to the person I was with and said, we paid money to experience this. So <laughs> your mileage may vary because it is, uh, it, is, it is very adept at maintaining a constant state of dread. Like it's I, not... It- Filled with jump scares. The jump scares okay. it has land, even the one that they put in every trailer. And so it's so telegraphed. A guy comes to your house as you're about to leave the theater and tells you about <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> but it maintains this sense that a huge jump scare could happen literally any moment. Oh, I love movies like that. That's my my horror movie jam is that i made the mistake of getting a fishbowl cocktail because i watched it in the uh, adults only vip theater which i am hooked on now mm-hmm. and thus this became the angriest i've ever been to have to leave the theater to go to the bathroom it's like ah something something spooky's gonna happen i'm gonna miss it so smile angriest followed by logan followed by cats because I had to leave to go to the washroom right before Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. Which was the <laughs> one good song. If you're going to skip mean. Skimble Shanks, why are you even here? <laughs> it's, yeah, you, that was a mistake. 
Um, I would like to shout out a movie that in this day and age will never be nominated for anything. But if this was like the 1940s, it might really be up there. This is a comedy movie that I've seen like four times with four different groups of people. That is just a group of people not taking themselves that seriously. And it is The Lost City. Starring Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum and uh, Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. I- it's really cute. I would want – I would see that. And I really w- want to watch that. And it yeah. would have been – like, if this was the 1940s, we would be watching it for this podcast, without a doubt. Uh, it definitely uh, feels like something the yeah. 40s would have gone for. It's a screwball rom-com adventure movie. With very, very it, famous people in it. Right? It has everything you need in a movie. It's Mars Attacks, everybody. It's Mars and, Attacks. Yeah, Sandra Bullock is like in her 60s, maybe her late 50s. She looks incredible. Sandra Bullock looks phenomenal. I love her. I want to say the 40s version would have starred Claudette Colbert and Car- and Cary Grant. And the Brad Pitt role would have been Clark Gable in a cameo. Because <laughs> he would have been forced <gasps> to do oh it. Gosh. Yes. He wouldn't want to do it, but he would have to do it. Exactly. Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. And I'm going to say Daniel Radcliffe would be uh, Peter Lorre because we don't get to talk about Peter Lorre enough here. Oh, oh yeah. Peter Lorre. Yeah. I would watch that 1940s movie remake of this <laughs> now movie. This is the reverse of what we usually do. <laughs> Clarence, we've established, has not watched any movies this year. No, I haven't seen anything. Oh, one I last think- I do have to shout out. Um, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. <gasps> oh my gosh, I forgot that that happened. With Seth Meyers and John Mulaney voicing lead roles. It had no right being that fun. Except for the fact that it starred Seth Meyers and John... Or Seth, not Meyers, the other one. Rogan? No. Oh, yes, but in a supporting <laughs> role. And there is okay. the hilarious scene where Seth Rogan's like, henchman character gets like loomed over by every other animated character Seth Rogen has ever played and they all do the Seth Rogen laugh at him. That's <laughs> that's hilarious. But no, the Brooklyn Nine Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg oh, and John okay, Mulaney. Okay. Uh, I hate that I'm oh. gonna leave all of that in. Why do I always leave in the part where I look stupid? Um They're great. It's it's the spiritual successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which oh. is another movie we're not gonna talk about, but I think has aged flawlessly. Um, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that movie. Oh, yes. And of course, the creator of I Think You Should Leave as Ugly Sonic. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that's my last shout out. Um, my prediction is Tar will win as Maverick and Way of Water split the, bo- split the uh, blockbuster vote. And I think Maverick's going to hold on to the top spot, but Way of Water is going to give him a run for his money. I, that's my feeling. Only because it has almost no competition until Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah, so what yeah. else are we going to see? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I feel the same. I feel like Top Gun Maverick, it, we're watching it. Like, we, that's, that's the movie we will watch in one or both categories. <laughs> It entertains me no end that no matter what happened, I was positive that the box office champion of 2022 was going to be the direct sequel of a different movie we talked about. 
<laughs> yes. Because if any movie was going to challenge Top Gun or Avatar, it was going to be Wakanda Forever. But I think it got held back by runtime and the oops all supporting characters of it all. Okay. Which, no one's fault, but... No one's fault. There is an immense amount to love in that. And they did have to address uh, the obvious elephant in the room. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine suggested maybe they should have done a 40-minute special tribute to Chadwick slash T'Challa. Drop that on Disney Plus back in August and then done the movie. That would have, you know, trimmed oh, out. To, like, help. Yeah. yeah. Would have helped the runtime and just would have been a little less weighed down. You know, Luke parried right. it a little bit to be yeah. a person who can only talk about Riverdale. <laughs> he had to have been the best part of Riverdale. He truly was. He he was magic. And he was the best no Riverdale TV dad expert. ever. Best TV dad. He yeah. was. He was so good. So yeah, they gave him a whole episode, which kind of a celebration of um, Fred Andrews, but mostly a celebration of Luke Perry. And then they went on with their season, sort of. I mean, they always go on with their seasons, sort of. Yeah. It couldn't have been more awkward than when Glee had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But they made a weird choice. They, they did. killed off in the third episode of the season. They sure did. Well, um, I'm going to prevent myself from going into a tangent about news radio. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Because there are certain uh, controversial podca- podcast hosts who just don't get airtime on my show. So uh, any parting thoughts on 2022, year in cinema? I'm excited to eventually watch some of the movies. There's lots that seem really, really good and lots that we've discussed that I'm like, oh, yeah. Ooh, oh, oh. So I'm I'm excited to just watch some. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might go watch The Lost City again. Go for it. Yep. Yes. I'll, I'll join you. How many times I've watched The Batman? You know how many times I've watched the Batman again in protest for the fact that Keith hasn't even made it to Batman Returns yet? That's how. Which one is that one? Uh, that's the second Tim Burton one. Yeah. How has he not made it to that one? Because he loves his family and wants to watch them with his son. And yeah. He knows some he of can us, watch Keith. a movie more than once. Some right, of us. Committed to dying alone in the name of our artistic endeavors, Keith. (laughs) The tears, they come, but they are not often. He's going to yell at me about that. Yeah, if he listens, Keith. 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 So, yeah, when we talk about these classics, as we will do, because while the 50s has some straight up garbage, there are also some enduring classics. uh, And we may disagree about some about which some of these movies are. We're not saying they don't make them like that anymore because they do. Because let me tell you. Louis B. Meyer could never have done everything everywhere all at once, but the Daniels could make it happen one night. <laughs> it would also star Ki Hoi Kwan and Michelle Yeoh, and I would watch it 50 times. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we'll be back in uh, one brief fortnight to kick off the 1950s with one, I gotta say, the spoil of the future, all-time classic, and one other movie. But until then, I am at time of recording still Danny underscore G on Twitter. Just, you know, watching Rome burn. At Danaforth on Instagram and Hive, which I will eventually remember to check sometimes. And TalesFromPartsUnknown.com. I'm Erin Weir. I'm over at aflimsyplan.com where there is lots of content for you to, to enjoy, especially if you care about beer. And I'm Claire Bolton, and you can find me by following Dan or Erin. Until next time, we'll see you at the ceremony. Not the Globes. They racist. Academy vs. Audience is a writing therapy production. It is hosted by Claire Bolton, Aaron Weir, and Dan Gibbons, and produced by Dan, me, hello. Find us on Twitter or Instagram at Oscar V. Audience. Our graphic is by Ian Pond. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. It really does help. Writing Therapy Productions is a group of misfits weaponizing our broken brains for your entertainment through podcasts, web series, and more. Visit writingtherapyproductions.com to find out more on our current, past, and maybe even future projects. And if you felt like throwing us a couple of bucks on Patreon, we'd surely appreciate it. See you next time.